0: Uh, I've been saying for a little while that we are our new series is going to be elementary, growing in our understanding. Um, by way of introduction, and I'm going to take you back a few years. So if if it's too far, don't worry about it. We'll get there. Um, I want you to remember back to like elementary school. Okay, that's what I mean. Like we're going far, um, or even high school. High school will work too. Um, and this is for those of you that went to public school. I know we have a contingency of people that have been homeschooled. So if you relate to this, I, I don't know what to say because I feel like this is a public school experience. Um, when you were sick or when you had like a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment in school and you had to miss a day or two days or, you know, sick was the worst because you always missed more days of school, the first day back, was always the worst. Right? Can, right? Be, why? Because you missed so much. Because the teacher didn't stop for you. Oh my goodness, Matt's missing. Let's just, everyone just play for the next three days and when Matt gets back, we'll pick it back up again. No! This is not how it works. The teacher just keeps going. And so you show up and you have missed, depending on why you missed, you've missed all that teaching. And then when I was in school, my day was broken up into six classes. And on that day, there could be anywhere between four and six different subjects or classes. There's six periods. There could be anywhere from four to six classes taught in that day. So you missed three days. That's a lot of material. And if anyone else had my luck, more times than not, that's when the teacher started a new section. So you come back and you have to figure out how to do all this work that you have no prior knowledge of, and that got harder and harder the younger you were, right? So for you to jump from, you know, you're going doing your grade three, you're going through addition and minusing as review, and then all of a sudden you come back and you're learning about multiplication. What is this X I have in between these numbers, and how does this work? And what have you done, teacher? You have messed with math. Right? You missed those foundational, those building blocks that are so necessary in order for you to continue on. And the reality is, if we're really honest with ourselves, for some of us, I'm this, prob, this next part doesn't apply to any of you because you are humble as the Lord has directed you. But for some of us, like me, who's still fallen in some ways, um, As adults, you are about to take on a project, and what's the line that always throws you off? Your buddy comes up to you and is like, you know how to do this, right? And he says it like that, right? Not like inquisitively, but assumingly. And for me, that usually ends up with a, I don't want you to look down on me, so I'm going to just say yes. And the next statement is, well, if you know how to do this, this thing is going to be really easy. It's just a little bit different, so that's kind of your out to fess up that maybe you you stretch the truth a little bit and said, you know, I, I no, I actually don't know how to do that. Or if you're like me, you just hope that you'll figure it out. No, yeah, sure, no no problem, right? And what ends up happening is you take on this task and you are missing key pieces of information. You're missing key skills to help you pull off the task and eventually one of two things is going to happen. Either yes, you do figure it out and now you have a new skill or the person you're helping out looks at you and you're like, you don't have a clue what you're doing. Here, let me help you. Which is actually more humbling right? It would have been just easier to fess up to, anyways, that is not part of what we're talking about. Oh, actually it is. It actually is a big part of what we're talking about. The whole point of school is to lay that foundation, and even though as we go through it, we may not like all the classes that we're taking, Um, this may be good news for all of our grads in the house who are just struggling to get through to the end. And like, why do I have to take biology? Why do I have to take chemistry? When am I ever? Because it's laying a foundation. It's it's giving you those key skills that you might use, you may not use, but at least you have all of your options. what happens is, I think often what happens in our faith is we try to muscle our way through faith and we're missing key pieces of information. For the vast majority of people, when you get saved, you have this great God experience at church and Jesus comes into your life and radically transforms you and forgives you of your sin, wipes the slate clean, and you're just excited to go. But in most churches, then you're just thrown in where everybody else is. You're just expected to hopefully fill in the dots. And unless you're super studious, and unless you're really committed to growing in this, to do the work to find those key things, uh, you are now going through life missing key pieces of information, key foundational things. And what ends up happening is we either try to fill in the blanks on our own, hoping that we get it right, (laughs) right? But actually, we end up having these problems, the things that our life and our faith and our understanding are built on is shaky foundation, and so we we end up losing our confidence. We end up coming at it, I know I'm a believer, I know I I think I know this stuff, but I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous when I think about it. I'm kind of nervous about the idea that every time the pastor talks about how I'm supposed to be sharing my faith, I, I don't know if I can because I think I understand this, but, but something in my heart tells me that I really don't. I think I know how this works. I think I, but in some cases, we just end up going through the motions and hoping we're just going to save face when really at the end of the day, we really have no idea what we're doing. And so my hope with this series is we're going to go through what the scripture calls the basic things we're going to go through uh the foundational things that i I, and i'm not saying that we're all missing it but i'm saying that i think some of us are and my hope is as we go through these foundational things and we unpack these what scripture calls the basic things and when i go share with you what we're going to talk about you might be like that's basic that seems like advanced theology well and that might be part of the problem the things that we've been told are advanced, scripture says, no, this is actually really basic things that you really need to understand in order to grow and to flourish and to really comprehend these greater, deeper things of scripture um, before we go on. So before we dive into the scripture, I'm going to share with you the scripture that has kind of inspired this series. This series is going to take us right till June when we then dive into our book study. For, for the two months of summer, we're going to be going through Timothy. I'm really excited about it. Um, Tim Erickson informed me he, just don't, he doesn't think he's ever been to a church that went through the book of Timothy with the kind of intention that we're going to over summer. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because Timothy is typically known for what? Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Right? That's the line that comes out of Timothy that everybody knows. But we're going to actually unpack the context of this. We're going to look at the man, Timothy, and see what Paul was trying to say. But before we get there, we're to go through this. Um, but in preparation for this series, if you have the app, I have created a spot in the app for you. Um, I want you to write out any questions you may have about faith. Any questions you might have about scripture, any questions you might have about anything, about the church, um, anything faith-related, I want you to record it either in the app or if you have a journal, write it in the journal. If you don't have either of those things, but you have a smartphone, I guarantee your phone has a notes app that you can write stuff in. Write some questions out. And my hope is, is that over the course of the next five, six weeks when we're going through this, We may not answer that question directly, but we may cover a topic or an umbrella of topics that's going to fill in some blanks. Because if this is foundational stuff, then maybe the things that you're struggling with, and maybe the things you have questions about, you're just missing that piece of the foundation. And when we fill in that spot, when we fill in that hole, my hope is that you will Start to understand some of these other, these deeper things. Um, so take some time. You don't have to do it all this morning, but uh, take some time this week and just ask yourself, what are some questions I have? What are some things that I am, I'm curious about? And I, and maybe, maybe as we go through, we'll talk about something that you didn't realize, you didn't understand. That's fun, because sometimes we don't know what we don't know, until someone points it out, and we're like, oh. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm so glad I know that now. Um, so take a few minutes. I'm going to dive into the scripture. We are in Hebrews 5. If you're wondering, you want to follow along in your Bible, uh, Hebrews 5 and 6 is the passage that has inspired this series. Um, we won't be spending a lot of time in this passage directly over the course of the series, but it does lay out the things that we're going to be talking about. So Hebrews 5, all right, I have no clicker. Um, Starting in verse 11, there's much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Wow, author, okay. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So the author of Hebrews comes out and he says, there's some of you in the crowd who have been believers for a long time. Now, this is an early church, so a long time isn't quite as long as some of us. Remember, the church has only been around at this point probably 20 to 30 years. And not like there's a whole bunch of people that were there right from the get-go. We have the original 12 that were with Jesus, and then Judas hangs himself, and they add someone to fill in, now we have the 12 apostles again. And we find out that there's a group of 120 on the day of Pentecost that received the spirit, the gift of the Spirit to speak in tongues, And then we have 3,000 added and it's been growing but the maximum amount of time anyone's been a follower of Jesus is 20 to 30 years. And if the author of Hebrews says you have all been in the faith long enough that you ought to be teaching others these things and yet you still rely on someone else to unpack scripture for you. Now Before I go any further, if I were to come to each and every one of you and say, hey, we're going to do Alpha. You've been in the church for a couple years now. I'd like you to teach Alpha. How many people are like, "Yeah, yeah, woo!" How many people are looking for the door? Right? So, but... If we're honest with ourselves, and I'm going to kind of do a scan for the vast majority of people in church this morning and whoever's in red verse and whoever's online. I'm going to make the assumption that some of you have been in church for long enough that you probably fall in this category. You've probably been at this long enough that I probably should be able to come to you and teach to teach a class. And yet the idea of teaching, I can just feel the anxiety I feel the tension in the room, like, Ugh, no, I don't want to do that. And the author of Hebrews says there's a reason for that. And the reason he says is that some of you are like infants still. Now, I want you, most of us in here are parents, or we're, we've babysat kids. Um, if our babies, at some point in our life, our kids have to stop drinking milk and start eating solid food, why? You need to start getting the nutrients for themselves. Otherwise, they're going to be stunted, right? Well, the author of Hebrews is saying the same thing. Some of you are still infants in the faith. You've never moved past milk. So what's the milk that he's talking about? Well, how do we get milk? Well, the mom eats solid food, digests it, works it, and turns it into milk. And that's what the pastor does for you every single Sunday. I Dive into the word I look at the meat of what is going on and I take it and I unpack it and I Study it to the nth degree so I understand it and I give it to you in a way that is easy to digest And because of the access of information that we have today, I'm not the only one You can find pastors on YouTube you can find pastors on podcasts Um, We have a ready supply of milk And the problem is, is that if our whole faith is built off of milk, we never really truly grow up. At some point, you have to use the teeth, the spiritual teeth that God has given you, to get into his word and get the stuff out for yourself. Because, as we've talked about before, there's two layers to God's word. There's the logos, which is the general reveal. Everyone can read it. As I read it to you, we all see the words on the page, we all understand it at face value. That's the Logos. But there's a Rhema word, there's a personal word in here that God wants to give you each and every day. And if we don't get into the God, if we don't get into God's word, we don't get the Rhema word. We don't get those deeper things that we need. And Jesus even said this in Matthew 4. He said, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Not every word that comes came, every word that comes insinuating that God is still teaching, God is still speaking, and we need to get into that living active word that is fresh today. We need to get into the meat of things. And if we don't, whether we want to admit it or not, we stunt our growth. In some ways, it's almost like a gluttony of information. In the same way that if we are gluttonous with food, and God says that as believers we shouldn't be, gluttony is considered, I wouldn't go so far as to say a sin, but it's not something that God looks favorably upon. I think we do this with our faith. We just take in information. We just drink as much spiritual milk as we can, and we get so gluttonous with it, we But we we don't put it into action, which is where we left off last week. Jesus said it doesn't matter how much information you take in if you're not willing to put it into action. If you're just taking in spiritual milk like crazy and you're not putting it into action, that is a gluttony of spiritual milk. That is a gluttony of information. And it is causing inactivity within the North American church. You can't just drink. Drink, 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 and think that's good enough. You need to put it into action. You need to get into the meat of it yourself. Oh, wait, that doesn't work. I'm just going to get rid of it before I do something silly. Many of us have been in the church long enough that we should be able to teach. I think the reason that we are unsure, scared, scared, about stepping into those teaching roles, is I think we're missing some key information. So the author of Hebrews goes on. and In chapter 6, he says this. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. We don't need further instruction about baptism, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move further, move forward to further understanding. So right there, those three verses, the author of Hebrews lays out the six topics we're going to go over for the next couple of weeks. So go over them again. The first one, the importance of repenting from evil deeds. Again, for some of us, we get that. Yep, that's Baseline Christianity, but we're going to unpack it, make sure we're we're all on the same page. Placing our faith in God. It was, and I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. um, About a month ago, at our Romans Bible study, we brought up the idea of faith. And I asked everybody, I said, what is faith? Can someone define this for me? And other than a few who quoted Romans, or Romans, Hebrews 11.1, If you don't know what Hebrews 11 says, you go look for it yourself, because I'm not giving you that milk. Go find the meat yourself. (laughs) Hebrews 11 says, this is what faith is. But when I pushed further and said, can you unpack that for me? I just got blank stares. Why? Because faith is this word that pops up in the Bible so often. We talk about it in our songs, we talk about it in church, and it's one of these words that gets thrown out so much that we just assume that everyone understands what faith is. And because the general populace assumes it, then we just save faith and we do not actually unpack it. We don't do the work because we're like, eh, it's this? Yeah, I'll take that and I'll run with it and hope uh, Hope I'm not wrong. That was the alarm bell. That was like, oh, we really need to do this series. We really need to go back to the basic things. And this is can be humbling for some of us because we think that we've got these advanced ideas. We think that we have these great And if you do, if you understand the basic things, and you've gone on to more advanced things, then this is just review for you. We're just going to firm up the foundation. But for some, your foundation's a little shaky. And we need to go over this. The importance of putting our faith in God. Baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment. One of the things we're going to do, because it's starting to get nice out finally, is we're going to have baptism. Because we're going to take a Sunday, and we're going to unpack what baptism is. Uh, again, this is one of these things that we say, this is super important for your faith. After you commit your life to Jesus, this is the next step in your faith development. And if you're not baptized, then I really encourage you to do it. But then I say that, and we're like, what is that? And why is the pastor dunking that person under the water? Like, what is the point of this? I've been dunked lots. What's the difference? What's the history? What's the scripture? Where where does this all come from? Laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment. And we got to resurrection and eternal judgment. I'm sitting there, I'm like, ooh, I've talked to some people. They, they would consider that advanced theology. And the author of Hebrew says, no, that's really basic stuff. In fact, it's so basic, I don't even want to go back over it again. Whew. We better go over that one. <coughs> so I come to you with those six topics. Again, so same idea. The teaching question, now it's the other one. If I come to you and I say, hey, I need you to teach basic theology and you're on explaining eternal judgment, who's signing up for, for that class? I want you to explain to somebody the laying on of hands. Why would we do that? Why do, why, why do we do that? Anybody? don't really, if you know the answer, don't yell it out. I'm just I'm just wondering. Do you know? Do you know why we lay on of hands? Do you know why we baptize? Do we know why we do these things? Because some of these things are just general practice within the church, and we need to, but I think lots of us don't understand it. And it's never been more important than now for the church to understand these basic things, because it's not just about teaching. It's not just about understanding, but if I told you you had to go share your faith, why do we get so nervous every time somebody, whether it's at camp or it's at church or we're reading the, listening to a podcast and the pastor starts talking about sharing our faith with somebody, do we get so nervous? I think it's because we're missing these key things. And it, it robs us of our confidence. It robs us of our assurance that we know what we're talking about. And it's never been more important for the church to be confident in our ability to share because we are now in a culture that doesn't understand for a lot of years the canadian church had this luxury that everyone had a basic understanding of who jesus was why we went to church what the bible was and we, we had a base understanding and we could work with that even if they didn't go to church even if they didn't believe in jesus at least they had some understanding we call it a post-christian era Well, now we're in this season where we're actually a pre-Christian era. And what that means is it would be the same as a missionary going into a nation that had never heard the word of God before. They would be pre-Christian. They have absolutely no understanding. And when we look at the Canadian culture, we're there. The vast majority of people in our community have zero understanding. All they know about Jesus is a swear word. They don't know what the Bible says. They don't know why we go to church. They don't don't know. And the scary part is, when I list off these six things, it could be made that the church doesn't know some of this stuff either. That's really scary. So my hope as we go through this and we lay this foundation and I give you some of this really important information and hopefully fill in some of the other holes in our understanding that we may have is that our confidence will grow and I'm like, oh, I could actually share somebody about why I love Jesus. I could actually share with somebody why I show up at church every Sunday. I could, I could share because I now have the tools I need to be able to do that. I'll close with this, and we just talked about it a couple weeks ago on Wednesday. You're getting lots of Wednesday night plugs today, so Romans 10, 14. Paul says this to the church in Rome, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about them hear about him unless someone tells them? And in the beginning of verse 15 he says, who's going to tell them unless somebody is sent? Believe it or not, all of us have been sent. All of us have been given a gift that needs to be shared, not hoarded to ourselves. And what what Paul is saying to those in the Church of Rome about how they need to share, he's saying to us again. How will they know? I think of that that TikTok thing. Who's going to know? Exactly. Who's going to know unless we tell them? Who's going to know unless we go? How will they know? So, over the next week, I encourage you to write down questions. I hope that over the course of the next five to six weeks, we will answer some of those questions for you. I'm excited. I think, I, and I hope you're excited. This isn't a beat up, like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not what this is. This is a, here's, here's why we're doing this. And, and this should excite you that we're going to, for some, this is going to be a firming up of the foundation, and for others, it's going to be answering questions you've had, and it may be answering questions you didn't even know you had. These are all good things. You should be excited. You should not want to miss the next five Sundays, because it is going to be so good. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it, and I know you will too. Um, So let's pray as we wrap up the service. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that you are not afraid of those times where we have questions. You're not afraid of when we have doubts because you, you're not dependent on our, the firmness of our faith, but you give us all the tools we need to fill in the holes that we maybe we have. And so God, I pray that we come to this series humbly. I pray that we come to this series with open minds and open hearts, willing to learn and receive from, from you. And God, as we fill in some of these gaps, as we answer some of these questions, I pray that our confidence would grow and maybe not that we would go seeking opportunities to share, but that we would be aware that this is a time to share. This is an opportunity for me to share with you what I believe and why I believe it and to have the confidence to unpack those things. God, as we go over these six topics, I pray As they are big topics, I pray, God, that we're filling in gaps. We're laying a foundation that is solid and sturdy and that we can build our lives on. But God, I pray against the temptation for this to be an exercise of knowledge, but that this would stir us to activity, that this would stir us to make our faith active and alive, that the world will see it at work in the people of one church that we would be different because of what you have called us to because of the gift that you have given us that we would be set apart Jesus we love you so much Father I pray that as we go that you will answer questions that we will get into the word we'll get into the meat and we'll find the sustenance we need to take on life head on with encouragement and excitement Jesus, we love you so much. Give you all our praise and thanks in your precious name. Amen.